With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hi, Paul Dennett here. Just letting you know that Cricket Unfiltered is now on Patreon. If you are a fan of our show and would like to support us with a few dollars each month, go to patreon.com slash cricketunfiltered or click the link in the show notes on your podcast app. Men is here. Our Patreon supporters will also get some pretty cool bonus content. Paul will be doing a series of cricket history podcasts. And Manners will be doing long-form interviews with leading cricket personalities. All of these shows, plus other bonus features, will be available exclusively to our Patreon supporters. So if you want some great extra content, or if you just love the show and would like to help support us financially, please go to patreon.com slash cricketunfiltered. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. I'm Andrew Menzel. Before we continue with the podcast, Paul, I just want to check, have you turned off the Olympics? No, I'm, I'm absolutely dialed into them, as always. One of the world's great, what am I, what am I talking about? One of the world's great sporting events. That's self-evident. It's, um, I love them. I just love them. I love Australia winning gold medals. I just love the general sport of it all. I love the history of it. Uh, I can talk about it for the entire podcast, if you'd like. Wow, I regret almost opening with that question, but um, so you you can multitask. That's good to say. Welcome <laughs> to the the best cricket podcast in Australia. I'm joined again by Jaleesa Apps. We we really missed you last week, Jaleesa. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just too busy watching the Olympics. <laughs> no, actually, that's half true because I've been um, doing it for Channel Ten. Um, I've been putting out sports packages together just on the Olympics. So I've literally, that's all I've been doing. So I've been doing Paul's dream job. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I've turned them off. I've turned it off at the moment. Though. So, Julissa, have you been putting together a series of still images for your reports? Mm, yeah, the old, I tell you what, the three-minute rule, geez, it gets you. you got to really think about where you use those still images. You know, sometimes I do actually think they will, like, it looks kind of nice to see the still images, though. But, yes, they are most frustrating not being a broadcaster when you do have to only have three minutes in the bulletin that you can use Olympic Vision and you've got about three or four packages. So, yeah, a little bit annoying. 
What was the tour of India when Australia went in 2013 where the BCCI were playing hardball with the rights and so the Australian media companies just said, no, nah, we're not paying for it. And they, they used in their papers, in, they just used the, the test match figurines and put them into positions and sort of showed this is what mo- the slips catch might have looked like. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> well, I noticed on um, Have You Been Paying Attention? No, not Have You Been... No, yeah, Have You Been Paying Attention the other day, uh, which is a great Channel 10 show, quite funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've really turned into a company girl. Um, they were actually doing um, Lego. They were doing all the events in Lego pieces, which oh, is wow. quite funny. <laughs> yeah, it was very amusing. I think I would have preferred still images only from the match against Bangladesh last night. Another awful performance by the Aussies. Put me in another bad mood, you two. I need some Milo or, or something. The combination of lockdown <laughs> and Australia playing horrible cricket has made me a little bit salty. But in today's cricket show, no Olympics talk, no more Channel 10 talk. It's going to be all about Australia versus Bangladesh. We're going to, we've got some great listener messages. And then we're going to wrap up all the cricket news. But let's start. Paul, how can you keep defending Australia's T20 side? They are awful. Awful, awful, awful. Paul, are you as passionately defensive of Australia's World Cup, 2020 World Cup hopes as you were before? Well, put it this way. The last night's entertainment certainly didn't make me more confident about Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I suppose I'm passionate in the sense that Menas just seems to be saying that we've got no chance and literally no chance. And I just objectively think that that can't be the case. But certainly we, we do struggle against the spinning ball. But I also, you know, it's hard to not sound like you're making excuses. But when I'm looking at it, if I try to look at it just objectively, I'd say it, is, it must be tough um, flying from straight into Bangladesh Playing game. So Andrew Ty was vomiting um, mid-game mid last night as he's walking back to bowl. He was vomiting. And I think it was a real mistake to send them in. That I think uh, had we uh, batted first, the result of the game might be different. So I think it's undeniable Australia struggles on spinning wickets. But I also think that it's undeniable that once we get our best side together, I think that the wickets in the UAE probably won't turn as much as that. Most sides will still treat Australia with a great deal of respect. Before we get into it, I'll just wrap up the game. Australia restricted Bangladesh to 131. Top score was Shakib Alassane, who made 36. Josh Hazelwood continues his stunning tour, three for 24 or four. But then it was just horror stuff from the Aussies. Carey was out first ball of the innings. Felipe Enriquez fell quickly after. Australia were three for 11, never in it. All out for 108 or finished on 108. They lost by 23 runs. And it's the, congratulations to Bangladesh. I know I'm feeling down and sad, but Bangladesh's first ever win against Australia in a, a T20 game. So well done to them. But, uh, I mean, where do you start? Strange looking lineup. Alex Carey, Josh Felipe, Mitch Marsh, Moses Enriquez, Matt Wade, Ashton Turner. You, you could make a case that like that whole top six might not even be in the world T20. Um, but yeah, a really strange lineup. Uh, just let's start with the coverage. Paul, how did you actually find it and watch it? Well, my favorite tweet of the night was from Aaron Fitch. Can't find it anywhere. I thought it was meant to be via YouTube in Australia. So even the Australian captain in um, quarantine, presumably in Melbourne, couldn't watch the game. Cricket Australia had initially said that it was going to be shown on the uh, Rabbit Hole BD YouTube channel. But then at the last minute, that was geo-blocked into Australia. So, I mean, the, the way that I found it, and I don't, I wouldn't normally kind of um, advertise this, but I think Australian cricket fans deserve to be able to watch their team play. So there are two, there's some workarounds, and I encourage anyone to, to use these for the games going forward. Firstly, you can watch it on the Rabbit Hole BD YouTube feed as long as you're not in Australia. So if you get a, a, a VPN and, you know, I use ExpressVPN, they'll give you a one-week free trial so you can use it for the series, then delete it afterwards. I don't get paid anything for that. As always, if ExpressVPN want to pay me for that, I let the record show my answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will certainly be paid. But any VPN will get you on there. You just flick it to any um, uh, place outside Australia and you can watch it. I'm sure you're not meant to do that, but I, as I said, Australian cricket fans deserve to have it. The other thing that I found interesting was Bet365 sent a tweet out 
Does Australia losing to Bangladesh count if the match is not broadcast in Australia? Asking for a friend. This highlights how little known this series is because Bet365 were actually broadcasting it themselves. Um, Mena's actually put me onto this. So if you create a Bet365 account, you need to deposit, I think, at least $20 into it. You can go on there and, and stream it live for there. Uh, it's quite amazing. There's, there's no commentary. You just get the ambient noise. And I think Mena's and I both found that very soothing and relaxing. So do that. Close your account once the series is over. Don't have a bet. And, and you'll be sweet. So those are two ways you can watch it. I'm sure that there are others as well. I'm absolutely filthy about the fact that you couldn't watch this in Australia. And I think it is such a shame on Cricket Australia because a few people were saying, oh, you know, well, it's so bad that Fox aren't showing it. Well, Fox don't have any obligation to show this. Just because they've got rights to other cricket doesn't mean that they need to show this. This is up to Cricket Australia to push hard with a lot of different broadcasters, a lot of different streaming services and come to a deal I mean, for goodness sake, we've got Stan Sports, which is part of Channel 9. We've got Paramount, which is now Channel 10. As far as I know, neither of those have sport on at the moment and they're sporting services. Paramount's waiting for the A-League to start. I can't, I can't imagine there's any sport on Stan Sport at the moment because the rugby's finished. So I don't understand how it was not possible to negotiate this even on a streaming service. And I would question whether they tried very hard because I, I just can't imagine that no, I mean, possibly commercial stations were not interested in given with the Olympics going on and the boomers were playing at the same time, that kind of thing. Surely you could have negotiated a streaming service to show this. I just think this is a real blight on Cricket Australia not promoting their product well enough. Even if you had given it for free, if you had said to say, I don't, I don't know. If you said it said to Fox, hey, show this on your cricket channel for free and all we ask for you is that you do X amount of promotion of it. And I don't understand how that couldn't have, surely you could have given it for free or you could have, some, something could have been done to negotiate these rights. I agree that something should have been done to have it shown live. The problem is they couldn't show it for free because Bangladesh, the Bangladesh broadcaster would want to get paid. And I presume that's what Foxtel balked at, that they didn't want to pay the money. So Cricket Australia would have had to give something. But the thing is, Cricket Australia have been totally dominating all the negotiations with the Bangladesh Cricket Board. They have uh, put in unprecedented requirements with regards to the bubble. Uh, You know, it's clear that during those negotiations, they never once worried about the broadcasting. Their um, argument is that, well, it's kind of... um, that the Bangladesh Cricket Board has given the rights to a different broadcaster, so there's nothing we can do kind of thing. And I just oh, don't cop that. Exactly. I think that they could easily have said, we, we want to get this on Australian TV. Um, a, a, as part of this deal, let's find a way to do it. And if they had to spend a bit of money to do so, then that's something that they should have done. It's disappointing that they didn't. It's also disappointing that right up until almost the start, their Twitter account was saying that it was going to be available on the um, the, the rabbit hole Bangladesh YouTube feed. Uh, they, they should have been more on top of things to realise that it was going to, about to be geo-blocked. And when it did get geo-blocked, they never tweeted that. It's, it's buried deep in their article, but they, never, they should have come out and, and, and been clear on it. Um, by the way, I should just add, it's not the greatest stream. They put ads annoyingly just as the bowlers are about to run in. And 40 minutes before the end, the stream just ended. I think that was the, the scheduled finish time. So it was quite frustrating. Yeah, I just to clarify what I was saying when I when I was saying that they should have given it for free. What I mean is, oh yeah, obviously they couldn't give; they don't have the rights of it, so they it's not their job to give it for free. But I mean, they should have cricket Australia should have paid something if no one was willing to yes. show it in Australia for for amount. I think they should have paid, and they should have the the whole their whole bargaining power should have been. Um, to give it to an Australian broadcaster for free, but say this much promotion needs to be done of it because then you're sort of getting a win-win. You're half buying advertising and that kind of thing, but then you they are getting the product. But I, I just think it's complete, it's disgraceful. And it's also so embarrassing that you're promoting a stream that people can't even get. Yes. Like, really, you didn't do that research? Because we know things get geo-blocked all the time when you're trying to watch sport overseas. It's constantly geo-blocked. You need a VPN, whether it's right or wrong. That's, I mean, it often happens with a lot of sports. But I can't believe that they were promoting that 
and then you couldn't even do it. It's just this is so embarrassing for Cricket Australia. I'm so angry about it, and I just I can't believe that they value their own product so little that this is how they've treated it. I agree. Well said. I'm going to distance myself from those controversial comments. <laughs> co-host, Cricket um, Australia doing a wonderful job. Please consider they me do a lo- they do a wonderful job in a lot of areas. I I really their media team's really great at access <laughs> at the moment. There's a lot of great um, you know there's a lot of press conferences, a lot of media access in promotion in that way. But this was disgusting. Disgusting! Wow, heavy stuff from. Now, Manners agrees with you. He just hopes out. He's just still hoping that Cricket Australia are going to uh, make him the Australian cricket team's uh, marketing manager or something. So he's no. he's buttering his bread. Yeah, true. geez. It's not I, true. Hope they, uh, I hope they haven't read my job application yet. <laughs> I mean, I hope they've already. Well, the thing is, um, Jaleesa is dropping. <laughs> Jaleesa is dropping out laughing at her own joke, so we're all winners there. Um, <laughs> I think I think Cricket Australia took one look at the team that's over there and thought, we don't really want anyone seeing these games anyway. And uh, one thing I will say, Paul, and, and just I know it's 2021, but someone that has followed the history of cricket broadcasting so closely, you know that it's only a, a recent thing that all these tours are broadcast. So, 27 years? What? 27 years? Mm. It's not that that's recent. That's, that's, that's almost enough. how many I am. Mate, there are plenty of people around that for 1994 is, uh, they don't even call it 1990s, they call it the latter part of the 20th century. It's ancient history the last time that um, the Australia uh, Australian series wasn't shown. That's a series that we both, independently of each other, were sitting listening to AM news updates throughout the night to see if Steve Wall got a century. And both years later on realised that we'd each been doing the same thing in darkened rooms in our houses, even though we'd never met each other. Yeah, that's what I call before. That's what I call the BCC, before cricket coverage. Um, (laughs) All right, so let's get to the cricket. So the the nuts and bolts is, I did find it, by the way, on Bet365, no commentary, really enjoyable. I actually enjoyed that (laughs) ambient noise and... Unfortunately, got to see the cricket. So, look, they have done something interesting with the Strays team. Matt Wade has dropped down the order. Um, he's skippering the side while Finch is not there. He's batting at number five. And I think this indicates that they want Matthew Wade to be the keeper in the T20 World Cup. But they see, um, you know, Warner, Smith, Labashane, Finch all coming in at the top of the order. And therefore, Wade, if he's going to play, the only place he can fit is in the middle order. Maybe, but he's just not... He's not nailing it down. You sent me a text last night saying Wade seems to have um, secured the keeping spot, sealed the keeping spot for the World Cup. And he played so badly. And I said, not sure about him in the middle order on slow pitches. And you said, you said he plays spin well. I mean, there's lots, of things, there's lots of great things about Matthew Wade, but he plays spin well is not the first thing that comes to mind when I think of him. <laughs> He's a good sweeper. He moves his feet. I, he didn't play well last night, but genu- generally he's one of our better players of spin. Well, then we've got no hope. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, you've come around. We've been trying to tell you that, Paul. You've convinced me. Bring back Michael Clark. <laughs> People have been saying that this recent tour to the West Indies and here have exposed the standard of the Big Bash, the fact that these players that who do so well in the Big Bash have not been able to translate it to the national team like Philippe and Enriquez and Dan Christian. Do, do you think it's exposed the Big Bash? Everyone's saying that. I don't completely agree. I think what it shows is that it is, has exposed that Australians struggle to play spin away from home, especially that the Big Bash form, if the, if the upcoming World Cup was going to be in Australia and if we were having lots of uh, warm-up series in conditions to mimic Australian conditions on fast, true surfaces, I'm sure that Philippi and, and loads of others would be scoring heaps of runs. They, they may well be great selections for the World Cup that we hold in Australia in a year's time. It's just that when you suddenly take them from the Big Bash to low, slow-turning pitches, and this was going to be actually my can't-let-it-go, but that we just don't seem to have prioritised getting our players used to these conditions that are so foreign to us, and so we just keep on struggling. Yeah, I fully agree with Paul. I'm not sure it necessarily exposes the Big Bash as a product itself. I think it just exposes the fact that we don't 
I'm using exposes a lot, but it exposes the fact that we don't give a our 2020 players enough exposure on other surfaces. Well, it's it's a bad tour. So while you're listening to this, uh, the actual second match is going to take place later on. So hopefully Australia would have levelled the series by the time this is released. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly not the start. That we would have wanted, and I think Australia would be silly not to prioritise the Ashes now for the upcoming summer, potentially send this side to the T20 World Cup and just let all the other guys rest here. Mate. No, that's such a losing mentality. Yes, I agree. All right. Let's no, but, but Manners, yes. you don't really mean that, surely. I mean, um, for a start, we've won every Ashes series in Australia uh, since 1986-87, except for that 2010-11 debacle, we probably would win that without needing to do much. Um, and as much as I know lots of people who love the Ashes think that I'm crazy for saying this, I love the Ashes, but the rest of the world, T20 cricket is the most important thing. And it's always been a source of pleasure to me that Australia has been like the Manchester United of cricket. We're not always the number one side at, the, at any given time. But if you ask the average person... Um, across the, the world, if they're being fair, Australia's been the dominant cricket nation in the world throughout the journey, more often than any other side. If we continue to fail to win the T20 World Cup, eventually that's the sort of thing that will slip away. I think absolutely the opposite. We should prioritise winning this bloody T20 World Cup. If, if Steve Smith's elbow is going to give out during it and therefore he can't play in the ashes, I'd argue that's what we should do. Uh, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, if Australia were to lose the home action series, it would be a disaster. It would be awful. It would be it would be catastrophic. It would send Australia, not just the cricketing nation, but the country into a tailspin. Whereas if we go to this T20 World Cup, no one's going to care. The, the big T20 World Cup is the one we host. That's the one we need to focus on. Focus on winning the one at home. Maybe send Felipe and Enriquez to the UAE, get some experience and, and just, just prepare for what's going to be a, a great Ashes summer. No one's going to care. There's, there's 1.4 billion people in India, uh, and when they look at the world cricket, they'll look at who's won the World Cups. They're not going to care about the Ashes. If, if you're proud of Australia as a cricketing nation and you want to just keep on claim that, yeah, it's great that we beat England every four years, that's fine. But I, I want us to be regarded all around the world as the best cricketing nation. I agree, but we're no good at it. I mean, we're... I'm somewhere in between. Yeah, go on, Jane. No, no, you go. We're just talking shit. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm somewhere in between both of you because I think uh, to lose the Ashes on home soil would be an absolute disaster for cricket, particularly coming off cricket in Australia, particularly coming off. Um, losing against India would just, I think it would honestly be a little bit of is this the death of cricket kind of headline. Um, but I do think that in 20 years to come, I don't think we're going, I think we are going to value World Cups a lot more than we do now and it's probably flying under the radar a little bit. So I'm stuck in between both of you. I would like to find a good solid balance. And this is why I keep trying, uh, this is why I keep, reiterating the point that I think they need to be seen as two different sports. I think we need to stop having this constant crossover and this balance of priorities and what do we sacrifice here to do this? I just think we need to find two different squads and just two different coaches and treat them as two different sports if we want to be good at both of them. I don't think it's possible to keep splitting players across two different formats and expect to be good at both. What will be a massive disaster is if we ended up losing in England, losing against England here and we lost the World Cup, then that's going to be chaos. <laughs> 100%. All right. Uh, one, gonna, one other point on, um, just on this series, and I should say that, as you say, given this is probably going to go out after the second game, if Matthew Wade scores a century in the second game, carting the spin to all parts, then I would just like to, on the record, I think he's a wonderful player of spin. But um, the, um, it was very bizarre to me that in that first game, we won the toss and, and bowled. I, I was watching a YouTube stream that I thought was actually going to show the game, and they were speaking in uh, Bengali, but they suddenly switched to English and said, this pitch is going to get very slow and low as the game continues, and they switched back to Bengali. It's like a, a message just what? to me. Um, and that, which I think that they sometimes do that when there's, there's, there's phraseology that's specific to cricket. They switch to English a little bit. Um, really? Yeah. Um, but the why did Australia bowl first? Did they think that there was going to be dew? Because if they did, I looked up the dew point forecast. It was going to be – the temperature was not going to get to the level that dew would be created until about midnight. Uh, please tell me me sitting 
uh, eating chocolate on my couch wasn't doing things that the Australian cricket team with all their supposed analytical ability had not had, had neglected. If they thought there was going to be dew and hadn't checked the weather forecast, I'm sick of us always being the least analytical and least cunning side. Why, why can't we be the smart side for once? You just want to be over there advising them, Paul. Uh, look, I agree with you, but it, it is it is it is sort of the go-to in T20 cricket that you're better off chasing. And I don't mind Australia challenging themselves. So, look, we're bad chasing in spinning conditions. Let's try and get better at it ahead of the World Cup. Yeah, if that's why they did it, that's fine. But I don't think that's why they did it. I think they did it because they thought it was the best way to win. Yeah, well, not good. Not good. All right, let's take our first break and then we'll be back with the cricket headlines. You're listening to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, the place to get your cricket fix. I'm Andrew Mensel. I'm with Paul Dennett and Jaleesa Apps from Channel 10. And it's the Cricket Headlines brought to you by Piccolo Podcasts. Well, another week and another cricketer takes a break from cricket. This time, though, one of the biggest in the world, Ben Stokes, has announced an indefinite break from cricket. And uh, I just wish him all the best and I hope he comes back better than ever, but it's, it's a shame he's not going to play in the test series against India and who knows what cricket he'll, he'll take part in the rest of the calendar year. Yeah, definitely. I echo that. I hope that he comes back um, stronger in, in the not-too-distant future and it just shows how difficult it is at the top-level sport, especially with all the bio-bubbles and all the pressure and everything else. That um, it, It's difficult and sad that these things have to happen, but it's much better than it was 20 or 30 years ago when no one would have said anything and would have just kept on playing. Yeah, I agree with both of you. I think that uh, we seem to be seeing this a lot more across a lot of other sports as well, just uh, athletes taking a break. This week we saw um, Simone Biles representing the United States in the Olympics and and she needed a break. Um, She wasn't in the right headspace to do that. So it's uh, really great that um, in this day and age that um, athletes can be so open when they do need a break and they can get that break that they need as well. I can't imagine what it would have been like 30 years ago even maybe 10 years ago, how tough that would have been. So, uh, yeah, we hope he comes back better and stronger. I definitely agree with that. And I do hope we see Ben Stokes out here for the Ashes next summer, if he's well enough, because we didn't get to see him last Ashes tour because he, of the infamous night in Bristol. But I, I'd like to see him out here on the Ashes tour. Did so well the, the tour before that. All right, big news, big, big news. Now, I'll preface this, that on the notes here I've written, Paul Dennett is banned from making his own case during this next discussion. So, again, I have the mute function here, Paul. I will wield it if needed. So, now to the next news topic. Trevor Holmes, the chairman of Australian Selectors, has retired. He, he goes at the top of his game. He's been there for over 20 years selecting teams and He's now retiring. George Bailey has been given the top job. So Bailey and Langer will be the selectors and the search is underway for a third selector. Now we got a question from Dr. Zach Johnson, who works at the California State University in Fullerton. And this is his question. As someone new to cricket, I found it during the first bit of quarantine through the Amazon doc on the Aussie test team. Is this a good development? So I guess I'll, you can start, Jaleesa. Is this a good development? I'm so um, shocked. First of all, I just went, wow, the someone we've got from the um, for California is this is how they found our podcast through this through Amazon and everything. I'm just this is like blowing my mind. Um, I'm just a little bit indifferent to this development. I I, I don't really have an opinion on it. If I'm honest, uh, you know, I change is good. I guess Traveller Holmes has been there for a really for quite a long time. I just, I don't really have a strong opinion on it, to be honest. Mm. Well, Bailey's very popular. What about you, Paul? Well, I was almost too scared to speak, but what I would say <laughs> is that if the over, I'm fine with Bailey. I think he'll do a good job. But if the, the Venn diagram of overlap of skills, what's George Bailey's great skill? He is slightly faster at reacting to a cricket ball than the average person. What's Dr. Jack, Zach Johnson's great skill? I don't know him, but he's presumably got a PhD he's possibly more qualified to be the, the chief selector. So I, I'm voting for Zach Johnson to take over as our selector, and uh, I think he'd do a pretty good job. <laughs> Great answer, Paul. You, you just skirted that one so well. <laughs> Made Dr. Yeah. Johnson's case rather than your own. So, Zach, if you want a, a position on the 
uh, selecting board, hit us up. Uh, yeah, look, I think it's a great decision. Uh, like George Bailey is not just respected and liked, but he's a very good communicator. Everybody that played under him says that. If you read Ed Cowan's book in the firing line, it does sort of illustrate how what a good communicator George Bailey is. And I think we've seen over the last few years, there have been issues where the players have felt that there's not good communication. So I think this is 100% a step in the right direction. The fact that Bailey only retired 18 months ago, so he would have played with and against a lot of the players he's selecting, I think gives him a big advantage. And, and, you know, add Dr. Zach Johnson to that panel and really (laughs) you've got a perfectly rounded panel of someone from the the golden age, a recent player in Bailey, and then someone with a a PhD. So I think um, it's certainly heading in the right direction. I do want to commend Trevor Hones. He's done a very good job when he's had the role. He's done it over two periods, um, you know, before when Australia was very successful. And even now, more recently, we haven't been quite as successful, but he's done, I think, a very good job selecting. You're never going to get it all right. You're never going to be popular with all your selections. But I know when I've dealt with him in press conferences and stuff, he answers all the questions. He fronts it up. So um, I wish him all the best in retirement. And, uh, of course, I remember him as being a member of the 1989 Ashes squad. So a great contributor to Australian cricket. His main contribution was keeping Adam Gilchrist out of the side for all those years. The best cricketer I've ever seen. Took about seven years longer than he should have to play. So that's um, Cracker's main contribution. (laughs) Not a fan. Um, Paul Dennett, not a fan. (laughs) No, no. I mean, how can you be a fan after that? I mean, Healy was great, but Gilchrist was just the best. And the fact that, for example, we went to the 96 World Cup without Gilchrist um, playing a game, those sorts of things are just incredible. I, Bailey's got Bailey certainly has a reputation of, um, amongst the players of being quite well liked and um, you know you're like you said a great communicator. I wonder how hard or how any, if anything will change for him when he's got to <laughs> make a few tough calls. So uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that went for him. But uh, yeah, I generally think that's a, that's a good good um, good promotion. You're right there, Jaleesa. It's all friendly now, but wait till he starts dropping all his mates. Mm, and then he played with 18 months ago. <laughs> exactly. All right, in some, uh, so moving on from that, in some signing news for the Big Bash, Joe Burns, the former test opener, has moved from the Brisbane Heat to the Melbourne Stars. Um, Peter, Hatzog, Peter Hatzoglu, the Melbourne Renegades leg spinner has been signed by the Perth Scorchers for two years, replacing outgoing leg spinner Farward Armoured. And Nicole Bolton has gone the other way, plays for the Scorchers, has moved to the Sydney Sixers. So Nicole Bolton playing in the WBBL for the ladies in Magenta. All right, now, been a bit salty over the last week, you guys, but... Uh, Opened the internet, opened, opened the internet and saw a fantastic piece of writing by Malcolm Conn, who now writes for the Sydney Morning Herald and uh, just a fantastic piece. And the headline was the Ashes 2021 England's boycott threats unhelpful to families request. So this is some of the things that were in Malcolm Conn's piece. Though unwilling to comment publicly on the ongoing negotiations, multiple sources in Australian cricket and the federal government told the Herald and The Age that the English campaign is counterproductive, unhelpful and tone deaf. Then he writes, the campaign is particularly embarrassing for the English Cricket Board, which received a $150 million favour from Cricket Australia last September with an unscheduled three-match one-day tour to help bail the ECB out following a COVID-ravaged season. Malcolm Conn there, bowled a few bounces there to the Poms. (laughs) I love that Malcolm stirs up the Poms so much. Uh, just diverting from that that topic for a second, but still on Malcon. Have you ever seen that he has a Wikipedia page that has clearly been manipulated by English fans? No, let me get this up. You keep talking. What's <laughs> so so? I um I was reading something else once. I can't remember on Wikipedia, and it, it had Malcon in it, and it had a link as though he had a Wikipedia page. I thought he's got a Wikipedia page, and I messaged Mal and said, "Do you know you've got a Wikipedia page?" He goes, "Oh yeah." Have you read it? Because like it's a, it's been uh, 
you know, changed a little bit. So one of the things it says is Con is known for his catchphrase, Struth, usually coupled with a statement that will come back to haunt him in the most dramatic way possible the next day. Uh. <laughs> so I just think he's, he's I just love how uh, how he stirs up. It's good to see him ride back riding again because I like to see him stir up the English fans. Yeah, I almost feel like this piece was watered down in the days after that one of the editors went in there and took a bit out. Maybe I just mis mis got that wrong. But uh, look, why, you, do you, why why do you think it was watered down? Like, as in there were follow up pieces that were watered down, or you know how you when think- they you know when they release something on the web and then you know editors go in there in the days after and might take stuff out. It it just mm-hmm. seemed a bit harder when I first read it. But the the fact is, I think he makes a good point that. This Cricket Australia, the government, the ECB, they're all going to do their best to get the families and the players out here. It's no good threatening not to come when really that's just not going to happen. With the, with the money that's at stake for the upcoming Ashes, it will go ahead. So there's no point hanging this sort of veiled, this sort of empty threat over Australia's head that they won't come. So, look, it's a good point. Australia did go there last summer and save them. You know, we, we really shouldn't have gone there last September. We should have been here preparing for our summer. So, good points. But it wasn't as though the ECB made those points. It was just Michael Vaughan um, off his long run. And I, I think that what Vaughan had to say is perfectly legitimate as a journalist. I don't think it's going to come to that. I think that we will find a way to get the families in. Um, and I liked, I liked Con's reply as well. But um, I, I don't think this is going to end up being much of an issue. Yep, I agree. I hope that they're finding the way to. I hope they're finding a way around all these things now. Uh, I hope they uh, they just are figuring this all out now because this is you know fast approaching and it, it, these negotiations are not easy. I'm sure they are. I just love the friction between Australia and England when it comes to Ashes time. It's it's so. Interesting, you know, it just, it's, it's bubbling away now. Like it's already starting, you know, they're, they're already trying to land punches. So love it. Can't wait for next summer. Um, final cricket headline, men is set to beg Gus Wallen for a job on radio. Triple M to cover oh, cricket again. So, um, Triple M, the local radio network is going to cover the, the ashes summer, um, on radio and they haven't done it for a few years. That will mean three radio networks are covering the cricket next summer. Triple M, ABC and SCN. So surely one of them needs a, a short, fat person from Sydney to commentate. Um, but, but <laughs> quite seriously, good news. They bring a different slant to the coverage. Any, any more exposure for cricket's a good thing. I'd love to be on there as well, and I'll make a commitment. If Triple M hire me, I will not give any reference that's earlier than 1900. I'll give all of my um, talk in the 1890s and 1880s because I'm sure that's exactly the target market they're after. Why don't they just hire us as a commentary team? I don't know how this hasn't happened yet. Why haven't we just started to commentate the Bangladesh (laughs) series? We should just claim the rights and start releasing a live podcast for it. Oh, do you reckon that we could... uh... If we did pulled all our monies, mainly yours and Menas, would you think that we could get the rights? How much would it cost us? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It might be more than about. It might be more than twenty seven dollars. Anyway, that's news for next summer. Three radio stations, two TV networks, England coming. Can't wait. And my email is Andrew, and I'm just joking. All right, we're going to take our final break. Then we'll be back with some listener mail, and can't let it go. Just to remind you, if you haven't gone, go and subscribe to Cricket Daily. It's our daily news podcast with a variety of panellists. It's going really well. Most Cricket Unfiltered listeners uh, have moved across. But, yep, go and subscribe. It'll keep you up to date with all the cricket news you need. We're back. It's the final segment of the Cricket Unfiltered podcast for this week. Two weeks away from the eight-year anniversary of this show, so in two weeks we'll be having a big celebration. And oh. we've got uh, three um, messages from the listeners and then uh, can't let it go. But an interesting first question from Nick Dennison. Paul, do you want to read this out? Hey, Menas, with Test Cricket about to be back, I'm about ready to turn off the 100. Reason? The constant hammering on social issues and what is better cricket discussion dominating broadcasting and writing. Without knowing it, I've been living woke most of my 44 years. My best friend is gay, have been coaching female athletes in some form since I was 16, and living cricket, I think we are privileged 
and, and, and living cricket. I think we are privileged to participate in interactions with all creeds and colours. The whole overbearing emphasis on things that seem so obvious have left me frustrated and annoyed, not only being assumed to be a certain way, but also having joy in watching a game taken away. I know you are equally liberal, so I'd love to hear your opinion and hopefully get rid of these mixed emotions. Best of health to you and yours. It's Nick Dennison. So I tried to sort of unpack this question, Paul and Jaleesa, and I think the heart of it is around the 100, there's a lot of articles being written about um, the equal rights between men and women, equal pay, um, probably the Black Lives Matter stuff is played into this question. And, I mean, to, to answer it, I guess, in my, from my point of view, I just think, Nick, you're re- you sound like a really good guy, really smart guy. Unfortunately, not everyone's like you, and that's why it's done. I mean, that, that not everyone is the way you are. So, you know, that's why it's important to keep hammering messages that are being put out there. I agree. And I think that um, that's exactly it. If you'd watched a lot of sports broadcasting over the years in the lead up to this, it would have been implicitly hammering the opposite, that it was a kind of, you know, males only, white people only, uh, heterosexual only kind of thing without being in, explicitly that way. That was just the done thing. So the fact that it's now opened up more diverse and um, proselytizing these issues is a good thing. And as you say, man, it's not everyone is, is enlightened and those that aren't, hopefully as they watch the game will we'll get so. We got a message from Shin saying, after hearing Amen say several times that almost every cricket unfiltered Unfiltered listener has also subscribed to Cricket Daily. I gave it a listen and discovered a 15-minute Cricket News Digest that was perfect for my morning walk. And then finally, a message from Pritam, our super fan. I always feel Peter Lawler, let's Gideon Hake, Gideon Hay speak more on the Cricket Etc. podcast. So it was nice to have him speaking more on Cricket Unfiltered as a guest. He always seems ahead of the curve. So I enjoyed this week's program with mates, Manners and Paul. Lovely message there. And I think that's right. Great to have Pete on. I love having him on, but certainly on Cricket Etc. when I've listened, Gideon Hay seems to take the reins. You know, Lawler tried to uh, recruit me to that podcast. I'm very surprised you. <laughs> I was very surprised you let him on our podcast. Well, what the f- is this news? <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> what, what the f- is Lawler done? Trying to steal. We've got one <laughs> cast member brought in. I get shunted from News Limited, start my own, go independent, cast someone, and he's trying to steal you. I want my Apple me, Foundation me. money back. <laughs> He called me about something else. He actually called me about the foundation. I was doing a story on um, on the Chapel Foundation and the wonderful work they do. And he rang me and the first thing he said to me when I got on the phone, I said, oh, good day, Pete, how are you going? And he goes, oh, just, you know, come over to the dark side. Leave those two. You don't need them. <laughs> <laughs> I am positive he was joking. Okay, good. I said I couldn't do it to them. I said that they're my bestest friends and I was never... I said, stop that, Pete. Now let's talk about other business. Yeah, you get stuck talking about boring 70s music with those two anyway. I just, can I, not that I'm sure he's interested, Pete, if you're interested in recruiting me, I will come over straight away. <laughs> <laughs> truth be told, truth. Paul, you're more replaceable than Jaleesa. So oh, thanks, mate, thanks, mate. The, the truth is he couldn't, he couldn't afford my exorbitant budget. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? All right, let's get into Can't Let It Go before I upset, upset anyone else. It's that little bit of cricket news. Yeah, you just can't let go through to the keeper, Josh Inglis, who's behind the stumps. I'll go first. Um, my Can't Let It Go is I have said for a long time I want winter cricket in Australia. Well, it's happening. The Northern Territory Strike Series starts mid-August and Glenn Maxwell and Nathan Coulton-Isle will – Nathan Coulton-Isle will be playing. So uh, I think it's Cricket 365. Um, keep an eye on that one. Cricket every day of the year. Love it. And um, I've got two can't let it go. I'm thrilled because I've lined up Cameron Green for the next Menas Masterclass. So really looking forward to interviewing that young stud. All right, <laughs> Jaleesa. Okay. So, um, well, I my can't let it go was going to be me ranting about the um, – the fact that we the cricket wasn't broadcast, but we I sort of went off a bit early on that one. So I'll uh, I'll just bring up something else that we didn't cover 
warning having COVID. Mm. Yes. So, yeah, so the great man is over there um, coaching in um, the 100. Um, he's coaching London Spirit. Um, and he is uh, wasn't feeling well, left the left to get a COVID test, and he has COVID. But he says that his symptoms are quite mild because he was double vaxxed. So go, Warney. Hope he feels better soon. I'm constantly worried about this news. Well, the fact that his team are five matches, zero wins, won't be helping him make feel make him feel any better either. It's good that he's got the double vaccine, and I hope that everyone realizes that this is the, one of the reasons you get the double vaccine that on, but if you still are unlucky enough to get it, then the symptoms will be mild. Steve Waugh did a really good post on Instagram urging everyone to get vaccinated. And I would echo that. You think if you're anti-vax, you should just stop listening. Like if you are yeah. against vaccine, don't listen to cricket unfiltered. I don't think that anyone who's anti-vaxxer would have the intelligence to download a podcast. Okay. Good. Oh, I, um, as I mentioned to you both, um, off, I did get my AstraZeneca vaccine today. I'm not eligible for Pfizer given that I am uh, under the 40 years age group. So um, I did get my AstraZeneca today. Well I feel really good and quite relieved. But I it wasn't it wasn't the easiest decision because obviously there are Western countries that won't even give it to people my age, and um, you definitely take in the considerations and spoke to my doctor and all that kind of thing but I feel quite at ease with it um and I think the best analogy that I saw is Pfizer and AstraZeneca I mean I couldn't have got Pfizer and God only knows when I would have been able to get Pfizer but if a plane was crashing you wouldn't argue over which like which brand of life jacket you were going to put on so I thought that was a really good analogy that I heard the other day exactly well done Jaleesa um very very pleased that you've done that. I echo that. Get, make sure everyone go out there and get the vaccine that you can get. And thanks Channel Ten for the day off because they give you a day off if you don't get vaccinated. So that was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Paul, do you ever can't let it go? To yes, um, my one's um, echoing something that men as you've been saying. I'm feeling. I'm finding myself coming around. Well, that um, I think. And again, maybe Australia. By the time this comes to air, maybe Australia will have belted Bangladesh in game two, but. Right at this juncture, if I had to pick the side from those who are available there, I know he's not technically in the squad. He's there as a sort of an emergency. I'd put Tanvir Sanger in the side that uh, Menes has been saying we should give him an opportunity at the top level. And given that these wickets are going to spin substantially, why not give him a chance now? And if he bowls really, really well, then keep him keep him in mind for the World Cup that you know Rashid Khan and Tabriz Shamsi. Um, and others have utterly dominant at T20 international level. We need someone who um, potentially can match them. So, yeah, let's give him a go. I absolutely agree. And even in the first game, Mitchell Swepson should have played. I mean, let's see these guys. Let's see what they can do. We're not winning. Anyway, well, I guess we'll finish the way we started, me bitching about Australia. (laughs) Well, I guess that's it for this edition of Cricket Unfiltered. Any parting words for the listeners? Um, yeah, I just wanted to um, just make a little note that I um, am not on social media now, but um, a couple of listeners had noticed. A couple had messaged me uh, through an email, but and then um, Robert Fairhead, one of our very loyal listeners, sent Menes a really lovely message, being like, "Is she okay?" I'm- um, all that kind of thing. Um, but there was no particular, there's no massive reason in particular. I just was getting really sick of seeing COVID and um, things that were, I guess, a little bit negative and a lot of people whinging and state against state and all that kind of thing. And um, I just decided that it was just, I didn't need it for work at the moment because rugby, the rugby league teams are away. So I'm keeping up with rugby league news in another way. And um, I just felt like it was, a good time to have a little break and um I didn't Robert actually said to the menace I hope that she didn't get trolled but honestly trolling does not bother me like if you are a person that has a negative comment and your profile picture is a fish I really do not care um it was just I thought it was just sort of the overconsumption of COVID and that kind of thing I was just getting a little bit sick of so um I just decided to delete it yeah, well, I've gone the other way. I'm just trying to pick Twitter fights all day to amuse myself. Oh, see, I hate that. See, I Twitter is like an entertain. Twitter used to be quite an entertaining, positive place, and I have actually noticed just in the last year it's become so negative and so ang- everyone's so angry at each other, and I just hate that. 
So I was just like, oh, I really don't need to see this all the time. And, um, yeah, I just, like, I just didn't need it. Well, you do the best thing for you, your health, your mental health, and I don't think there'd be many. But I do. High-profile sports reporters on Twitter anymore. Go on. First of all, I'm not a high-profile sport reporter. Second of all, um, I do actually miss those chatting to people like Robert because, like, those are the people that I quite enjoy interacting with. And no doubt I'll probably get it back again at some point. But, my God, it's been refreshing not having it at all. Now I'm just cruising Reddit forums. It's amazing. Oh, Oh, yeah, right. There's nothing seedy in Reddit forums. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing weird in a Reddit forum. You definitely don't end up in a rabbit hole. All right. Well, we better get back to our Aussie gold rush in um, where's the Olympic Tokyo. So, um, Paul, thank you for taking a break from the Olympics for this hour. And well, just in, oh, just, just in farewell to everyone, mm. 1956, Australia got 13 gold medals. In 2000, we got 16. In 2004, we got 17. We're currently on 15. So can we equal Sydney with 16? Can we equal Athens with 17? Or can we even go higher? That's what we're all thinking about. God, we're so close, aren't we? Exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Go the boomers. Go the boomers. All right. <laughs> that's this edition of Cricket Unfiltered. <laughs> I've been Drew I've been with Jaleesa Apps and Paul Dennett, and we'll be back next week. Jaleesa, can you just repeat that question because it dropped out? Okay, so uh, did I drop out? No, I'm making it up. Of course you did. Just repeat the question. I didn't hear it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going <laughs> to leave this bit in the podcast, please, <laughs> because you're, you're a sassy little thing today. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds, kind of like right now, driving at your desk. Maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.